Act Four of The Lady from the Sea by Henrik Ibsen. Translated by Eleanor Marx Arveling. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Four Dr. Wangel's Garden Room. Doors right and left. In the background, between the windows, an open glass door leading out onto the veranda. Below this, a portion of the garden is visible. A sofa and table down left. To right, a piano, and farther back, a large flower stand. In the middle of the room, a round table with chairs. On the table is a rose tree in bloom and other plants round it. Morning. In the room by the table, left, Bolette is sitting on the sofa, busy with some embroidery. Lingstrand is seated on a chair at the upper end of the table. In the garden below, Ballestedt sits painting. Hilda stands by, watching him. Lingstrand, with his arms on the table, sits silent a while, looking at Bolette's work. It must be awfully difficult to do a border like that, Miss Wangel. Oh, no! It's not very difficult, if only you take care to count right. To count? Must you count, too? Yes, the stitches. See? Oh, so you do. Just fancy. Well, it's almost a kind of art. Can you design, too? Oh, yes, when I've a copy. Not unless? No. Well, then, after all, it's not a real art. No, it is rather only a sort of handicraft. But still, I think that perhaps you could learn art. If I haven't any talent. Yes, if you could always be with a real, true artist. Do you think, then, I could learn it from him? Well, not exactly learn in the ordinary sense, but I think it would grow upon you, little by little, by a kind of miracle, as it were, Miss Fungle. That would be wonderful. <clears throat> have you ever thought about, I mean, have you ever thought deeply and earnestly about marriage miss Fungle? about no i have really have you oh yes i uh, often think about things of that sort especially about marriage and <clears throat> besides i've read several books about it i think marriage must be counted a sort of miracle that a woman should gradually change till she is like her husband you mean has like interests yes um, <clears throat> that's it well, but his abilities, his talents, and his skill. Mm, well, I should like to know if all that, too. Then perhaps you also believe that everything a man has read for himself, and thought out for himself, that this, too, can grow upon his wife. Yes, I, I think it can, little by little, as by a sort of miracle. But, of, of course, I know such things can only happen in a marriage that is... Uh, faithful and loving and, and really happy has it never occurred to you that a man too might perhaps be thus drawn over to his wife grow like her i mean a man well, no i never thought of that but why not one as well as the other no for a man has a calling that he lives for and that's what makes a man so strong and firm miss Vangel. he has a calling in life has every man oh no I I'm thinking more especially of artists. Do you think it right of an artist to get married? Yes, I think so. 
if he can find one he can heartily love i still i think he should rather live for his art alone of course he must but he can do that just as well even if he marries but how about her her who she whom he marries what is she to live for uh, she too is to live for his art it, it seems to me that a woman must feel so thoroughly happy in that hmm, i don't exactly know yes miss vangle you may be sure of that it is not merely all the honour and respect she enjoys through him uh, for that seems almost the least important to me but it is this that she can help him to create that she can lighten his work for him be about him and see to his comfort and tend him well and make his life thoroughly pleasant i should think that must be perfectly delightful to a woman ah oh, you don't yourself know how selfish you are i selfish good heavens oh if only you knew me a little better than you do bending closer to her miss vangle when once i am gone and that will be very soon now boletta looks pityingly at him oh don't think of anything so sad but really i don't think it is so very sad what do you mean well, you know that I set out in a month. First from here, and then, of course, I'm, I'm going south. Oh, I see. Of course. Will you uh, think of me sometimes, then, Miss Vangle? Yes, gladly. No. <laughs> promise. I promise. By all that is sacred, Miss Bolletta. By all that is sacred. Oh, but what can come of it all? Nothing on earth can come of it. How can you say that? It would be so delightful for me to know you were at home here thinking of me. Well, and what else? I, I don't exactly know of anything else. Nor I either. There are so many things in the way. Everything stands in the way, I think. Oh, another miracle might come about some happy dispensation of fortune or something of the sort. For I really believe that I shall be lucky now. Really? You do believe that? yes i believe it thoroughly and so after a few years uh, when i come home again as a celebrated sculptor and well off and in perfect health yes yes of course we will hope so you may be perfectly certain about it only think faithfully and kindly of me when i am down there in the south and now i have your word that you will you have shaking her head but all the same nothing will surely come of it oh yes miss bolletta at least this will come of it i shall get on so much more easily and quickly with my artwork do you believe that too i have an inner conviction of it and i fancy it will be so cheering for you too here in this out-of-the-way place to know within yourself that you are so to speak helping me to create well but you on your side i bolletta looking out into the garden hush let us speak of something else Here's Mr. Arnholm. Arnholm is seen in the garden below left. He stops and talks to Hilde and Ballestedt. Are you fond of your old teacher, Miss Bolletta? Fond of him? Yes, I mean, do you care for him? Yes, indeed I do, for he is a true friend, and adviser too, and then he is always so ready to help when he can. Isn't it extraordinary that he hasn't married? Do you think it is extraordinary? Yes, for you say he's well-to-do. He is certainly said to be so, but probably it wasn't so easy to find anyone who'd have him. Why? Oh, he's been the teacher of nearly all the young girls that he knows. He says that himself. But why does that matter? Why, good heavens! One doesn't marry a man who's been your teacher. 
Don't you think a young girl might love her teacher? Not after she's really grown up. <laughs> no. <laughs> Fancy that. Shh, shh. Meanwhile, Ballestead has been gathering together his things and carries them out from the garden right. Hilda helps him. Arnholm goes up the veranda and comes into the room. Good morning, my dear Bolette. Good morning, Mr... Mr... Hmm. He looks displeased and nods coldly to Lingstrand, who rises. Bolette rising up and going up to Arnholm. Good morning, Mr. Arnholm. Everything all right here today? Yes, thanks, quite. Has your stepmother gone to bathe again today? No, she is upstairs in her room. Not very bright? I don't know, for she has locked herself in. Hmm, has she? I suppose Mrs. Vongel was very much frightened about that American yesterday. What do you know about that? I told Mrs. Vongel that I had seen him in the flesh behind the garden. Oh, I see. Bolette to Arnholm. No doubt you and father sat up very late last night talking. Yes, rather late. We were talking over serious matters. Did you put in a word for me and my affairs, too? No, dear Bolette, I couldn't manage it. He was so completely taken up with something else. Ah, uh, yes. He always is. Arnholm looks at her meaningly. But later on today we'll talk more fully about uh, the matter. Where's your father now? Not at home? Yes, he is. He must be down in the office. I'll fetch him. No, thanks. Don't do that. I'd rather go down to him. Bolette, listening left. Wait one moment, Mr. Arnholm. I believe that's father on the stairs. Yes, I suppose he's been up to look after her. Dr. Wangel comes in from the door left. Wangel shaking Arnholm's hand. What, dear friend, are you here already? It was good of you to come so early, for I should like to talk a little further with you. Bolette to Lingstrand. Hadn't we better go down to Hilda in the garden? I shall be delighted, Miss Wangel. He and Bolette go down into the garden and pass out between the trees in the background. Arnholm, following them with his eyes, turns to Wangel. Do you know anything about that young man? No, nothing at all. But do you think it right he should knock about so much with the girls? Does he? I really hadn't noticed it. You ought to see to it, I think. Yes, I suppose you're right. But, good Lord, what's a man to do? The girls are so accustomed to look after themselves now, they won't listen to me, nor to Elida. Not to her, either? No, and besides, I really cannot expect Elida to trouble about such things. She's not fit for that. But it wasn't that which we were to talk of. Now, tell me, have you thought the matter over, thought over all I told you of? I have thought of nothing else ever since we parted last night. And what do you think should be done? Dear Wangel, I think you, as a doctor, must know that better than I. Oh, if you only knew how difficult it is for a doctor to judge rightly about a patient who is so dear to him. Besides, this is no ordinary illness. No ordinary doctor and no ordinary medicines can help her. How is she today? I was upstairs with her just now, and then she seemed to me quite calm. But behind all her moods something lies hidden, which it is impossible for me to fathom. And then she is so changeable, so capricious. She varies so suddenly. No doubt that is the result of her morbid state of mind. Not altogether. When you go down to the bedrock, 
it was born in her elida belongs to the sea folk that is the matter what do you really mean my dear doctor haven't you noticed that the people from out there by the open sea are in a way a people apart it is almost as if they themselves lived the life of the sea there is the rush of waves and ebb and flow too both in their thoughts and in their feelings and so they can never bear transplanting ah i ought to have remembered that it was a sin against alida to take her away from there and bring her here you have come to that opinion yes more and more but i ought to have told myself this beforehand oh i knew it well enough at bottom but i put it from me for you see i loved her so therefore i thought of myself first of all i was inexcusably selfish at that time hmm i suppose every man is a little selfish under such circumstances moreover i have never noticed that vice in you dr wangel wangel walks uneasily about the room oh yes and i have been since then too why i am so much much older than she is i ought to have been at once as a father to her and a guide i ought to have done my best to develop and enlighten her mind unfortunately nothing ever came of that you see i hadn't stamina enough for i preferred her just as she was so things went worse and worse with her and then i didn't know what to do that was why i wrote to you in my trouble and asked you to come here arnholm looks at him in astonishment what was it for this you wrote yes but don't let anyone notice anything how on earth dear doctor what good do you expect me to be i don't understand it no naturally for i was on an altogether false track i thought elida's heart had at one time gone out to you and that she still secretly cared for you a little that perhaps it would do her good to see you again and talk of her home and the old days so it was your wife you meant when you wrote that she expected me and and perhaps longed for me yes who else no no you're right but i didn't understand naturally as i said for i was on an absolutely wrong track and you call yourself selfish ah but i had such a great sin to atone for i felt i dared not neglect any means that might give the slightest relief to her mind but how do you really explain the power this stranger exercises over her hmm dear friend there may be sides to the matter that cannot be explained do you mean anything inexplicable in itself absolutely inexplicable in any case not explicable as far as we know do you believe there is something in it then i neither believe nor deny i simply don't know that's why i leave it alone yes but just one thing her extraordinary weird assertion about the child's eyes i don't believe a word about the eyes i will not believe such a thing it must be purely fancy on her part nothing else did you notice the man's eyes when you saw him yesterday of course i did and you saw no sort of resemblance mm. good heavens what shall i say it wasn't quite late when i saw him and besides alida had been saying so much about this resemblance i really don't know if i was capable of observing quite impartially well well maybe but that other matter 
all this terror and unrest coming upon her at the very time as it seems this strange man was on his way home that oh that's something she must have persuaded and dreamed herself into since it happened she was not seized with this so suddenly all at once as she now maintains but since she heard from that young lingstrand that johnston or freeman or whatever his name is was on his way hither three years ago in the month of march she now evidently believes her unrest of mind came upon her at that very time it was not so then by no means there were signs and symptoms of it before this time though it did happen by chance that in that month of march three years ago she had a rather severe attack after all then yes but that is easily accounted for by the circumstances the condition she happened to be in at the time so symptom for symptom then wangel wringing his hands and not to be able to help her not to know how to counsel her to see no way now if you could make up your mind to leave this place to go somewhere else so that she could live amid surroundings that would seem more home-like to her ah dear friend do you think i haven't offered her that too i suggested moving out to skildviken but she will not not that either no for she doesn't think it would be any good and perhaps she's right hm do you say that moreover when i think it all over carefully i really don't know how i could manage it i don't think i should be justified for the sake of the girls in going away to such a desolate place after all they must live where there is at least a prospect of their being provided for some day provided for are you thinking about that already heaven knows i must think of that too but then on the other hand again my poor sick elida oh dear arnholm in many respects i seem to be standing between fire and water perhaps you've no need to worry on bolette's account i should like to know where she where they have gone goes up to the open door and looks out oh i would so gladly make any sacrifice for all three of them if only i knew what elida enters from door left elida quickly to wangel be sure you don't go out this morning no no of course not i will stay at home with you pointing to arnholm who is coming towards them but won't you speak to our friend elida turning oh are you here mr arnholm holding out her hand to him good morning good morning mrs wangel so you've not been bathing as usual to-day no 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 that is out of the question to-day but won't you sit down a moment no thanks and not now looks at wangel i promised the girls to go down to them in the garden goodness knows if you'll find them there i never know where they may be out rambling they're sure to be down by the pond oh i shall find them right enough nods and goes out across the veranda into the garden what time is it wangel wangel looking at his watch a little past eleven a little past and at eleven o'clock or half-past eleven to-night the steamer is coming oh if only that were over wangel going nearer to her dear elida there is one thing i should like to ask you what is it the evening before last up at the view you said that during the last three years you had so often seen him bodily before you and so i have you may believe that but how did you see him how did i see him i mean how did he look when you thought you saw him but dear wangel why you know yourself how he looks 
did he look exactly like that in your imagination he did exactly the same as you saw him in reality yesterday evening yes exactly then how was it you did not at once recognize him did i not no you said yourself afterwards that at first you did not at all know who the strange man was i really believe you were right don't you think that's strange vongo fancy my not knowing him at once it was only the eyes you said oh yes the eyes the eyes well but at the view you said that he always appeared to you exactly as he was when you parted out there ten years ago did i yes then i suppose he did look much as he does now no on our way home the day before yesterday you gave quite another description of him ten years ago he had no beard you said his dress too was quite different and that breast-pin with the pearl that man yesterday wore nothing of the sort no he did not wangel looks searchingly at her now just think a little dear alida or perhaps you can't quite remember how he looked when he stood by you at brathammer alida thoughtfully closing her eyes for a moment not quite distinctly no to-day i cannot is it not strange not so very strange after all you have now been confronted by a new and real image and that overshadows the old one so that you can no longer see it do you believe that vongo yes and it overshadows your sick imaginings too that is why it is good a reality has come good do you think it good yes that it has come it may restore you to health elida sitting down on sofa vongel come and sit down by me i must tell you all my thoughts yes do dear elida he sits down on a chair on the other side of the table it was really a great misfortune for us both that we two of all people should have come together what are you saying oh yes it was and it's so natural it could bring nothing but unhappiness after the way in which we came together what was there in that way listen wangel it's no use going on lying to ourselves and to one another are we doing so lying you say yes we are or at least we suppress the truth for the truth the pure and simple truth is that you came out there and bought me bought you say bought oh i wasn't a bit better than you i accepted the bargain sold myself to you wangel looks at her full of pain elida have you really the heart to call it that but is there any other name for it you could no longer bear the emptiness of your house you were on the lookout for a new wife and a new mother for the children elida that too perhaps by the way although you didn't in the least know if i were fit for the position why you had only seen me and spoken to me a few times then you wanted me and so yes you may call it as you will and i on my side why i was so helpless and bewildered and so absolutely alone oh it was so natural i should accept the bargain when you came and proposed to provide for me all my life assuredly it did not seem to me a providing for you dear alida i asked you honestly if you would share with me and the children the little i could call my own yes you did but all the same i should never have accepted never have accepted that at any price not sold myself better the meanest work 
better the poorest life after one's own choice wangel rising then have the five six years that we have lived together been so utterly worthless to you oh don't think that wangel i have been as well cared for here as human being could desire but i did not enter your house freely that is the thing wangel looking at her not freely no it was not freely that i went with you ah i remember your words of yesterday it all lies in those words they have enlightened me and so i see it all now what do you see i see that the life we two live together is really no marriage you have spoken truly there the life we now live is not a marriage nor was it formerly never not from the very first look straight in front of her the first that might have been a complete and real marriage the first what do you mean mine with him wangel looks at her in astonishment i do not in the least understand you oh dear wangel let us not lie to one another nor to ourselves well what more you see we can never get away from that one thing that a freely given promise is fully as binding as a marriage but what on earth elida rising impetuously set me free wangel elida elida yes yes oh grant me that believe me it will come to that all the same after the way we two came together wangel conquering his pains it has come to this then it has come to this it could not be otherwise wangel looking gloomily at her so i have not won you by our living together never never possessed you quite oh wangel if only i could love you how gladly i would as dearly as you deserve but i feel it so well that will never be divorce then is it a divorce complete legal divorce that you want dear you understand me so little i care nothing for such formalities such outer things matter nothing i think what i want is that we should of our own free will release each other wangel bitterly not slowly to cry off the bargain again yes exactly to cry off the bargain and then elida afterwards have you reflected what life would be to both of us what life would be to both you and me no matter things must turn out afterwards as they may what i beg and implore of you wangel is the most important only set me free give me back my complete freedom elida it is a fearful thing you ask of me at least give me time to collect myself before i come to a decision let us talk it over more carefully and you yourself take time to consider what you are doing but we have no time to lose with such matters i must have my freedom again to-day why to-day because he is coming to-night wangel starts coming he what has this stranger to do with it i want to face him in perfect freedom and what what else do you intend to do i will not hide behind the fact that i am the wife of another man nor make the excuse that i have no choice for then it would be no decision you speak of a choice choice elida a choice in such a matter yes i must be free to choose to choose for either side i must be able to let him go away alone 
or to go with him do you know what you are saying go with him give your whole life into his hands didn't i give my life into your hands and without any ado maybe but he he an absolute stranger a man of whom you know so little oh, but after all i knew you even less and yet i went with you then you knew to some extent what life lay before you but now think what do you know you know absolutely nothing not even who or what he is elida looking in front of her that is true but that is the terror yes indeed it is terrible that is why i feel i must plunge into it because it seems terrible yes because of that wangel coming closer listen elida what do you really mean by terrible the terrible is that which repels and attracts attracts you say attracts most of all i think you are one with the sea that too is a terror and that terror is in you you both repel and attract do you think so wangel after all i have never really known you never really now i am beginning to understand and that is why you must set me free free me from every bond to you and yours i am not what you took me for now you see it yourself now we can part as friends and freely perhaps it would be better for us both if we parted and yet i cannot you are the terror to me alida the attraction is what is strongest in you do you say that let us try and live through this day wisely in perfect quiet of mind i dare not set you free and release you to-day i have no right to no right for your own sake Alida. i exercise my right and my duty to protect you protect what is there to protect me from i am not threatened by any outward power the terror lies deeper wangel the terror is the attraction in my own mind and what can you do against that i can strengthen and urge you to fight against it yes if i wished to fight against it then you do not wish to oh i don't know myself to-night all will be decided dear alida yes think the decision so near the decision for one's whole life and then to-morrow to-morrow perhaps my real future will have been ruined your real the whole full life of freedom lost lost for me and perhaps for him also wangel in a lower tone seizing her wrist elida do you love this stranger do i oh how can i tell i only know that to me he is a terror and that and that elida tearing herself away and that it is to him i think i belong wangel bowing his head i begin to understand better and what remedy have you for that what advice to give me wangel looking sadly at her to-morrow he will be gone then the misfortune will be averted from your head and then i will consent to set you free we will cry off the bargain to-morrow elida ah oh, wangel to-morrow that is too late wangel looking towards garden the children the children let us spare them at least for the present arnholm bolette hilde and lingstrand come into the garden left 
Lingstrand says goodbye in the garden and goes out left. The rest come into the room. You must know we have been making plans. We're going out to the fjord tonight, and— No, you mustn't tell. We too also have been making plans. Ah, really? Tomorrow Elida is going away to Skjöldviken for a time. Going away? Now, look here, that's very sensible, Mrs. Wangel. Elida wants to go home again, home to the sea. Hilda, springing towards Elida. You are going away? Away from us? Hilda, what is the matter? Oh, it's nothing. In a low voice turning from her. Are only you going? Father, I see it. You too are going. To Skjöldviken. No, no, perhaps I shall run out there every now and again. And come here to us. I will. Every now and again. Dear child, it must be. He crosses the room. We will talk it over later, Bolette. He crosses to Wangel. They speak in low tones upstage by the door. Elida aside to Bolette. What was the matter with Hilda? She looked quite scared. Have you never noticed what Hilda goes about here, day in, day out, hungering for? Hungering for? Ever since you came into the house? No. No, what is it? One loving word from you. Oh, if there should be something for me to do here. She clasps her hands together over her head and looks fixedly in front of her, as if torn by contending thoughts and emotions. Wangel and Arnholm come across the room whispering. Bolette goes to the side room right and looks in. Then she throws open the door. Father, dear, the table is laid. If you... Wangel with forced composure. Is it, child? That's well. Come, Arnholm. We'll go in and drink a farewell cup with the lady from the sea. They go out through the right. End of Act Four.